Welcome to Better Health in the Borderland, a podcast that focuses on health and well-being throughout the Borderland region. Working atop an oil rig in Texas can be intense, difficult, and sometimes dangerous. David Jacobs, a 29-year-old from Corpus Christi, was in his third week on the rig near Odessa when he found out exactly how dangerous oil field work in Texas can be. On this mild day in February, just like the day before, David donned his work boots, hard hat, and pulled on his leather gloves. Later that day, David's name was added to a long list of oil field injuries. His gloves were removed from his hands, but inside one of the gloves was David's right thumb, sheared from his hand at the base of his palm. David and his thumb, which was now packed in ice, were soon flown to University Medical Center of El Paso. Within minutes of his arrival, David headed into incredibly complex surgery to bring life back to his thumb, where it belonged, back on David's hand. We begin with David. We were out there on the drilling rig, and uh, a piece of casing smashed my right hand into the derrick, and the blunt force trauma was strong enough to completely amputate my thumb and most of my pinky. I broke a couple of other bones in my fingers and around the knuckle area of my hand. So if you can picture a 30-foot steel, very large pipe, uh, what they do is after they're finished drilling the, the well, they'll put what they call a casing into it to keep everything ready for the next company to come through and, and drill the actual well. It's like a pilot hole. The casing there was torqued, and when it was, it, it slammed into my hand. And uh, you got to imagine the torque of that machine is enough to, like if there's a limestone deposit down there, it, it drills through it. So it's a lot of torque. If I didn't have a glove on, my thumb would be in the hole and I wouldn't have it right now. Uh, detached from my hand, but in the glove still, one of the first things that we did was try to check the extent of the damage. And I pulled my glove off, and uh, it didn't it didn't hurt that much. I started on the, the thumb end, and when I look down, there's a big meat chunk there where my thumb is not, used to be, but was not at that time. As I'm trying to pull off that side, it didn't really hurt, but when I got down to the other fingers, I, I said, no, forget this, you guys. Y'all cut it off. I'm not going to pull this off myself. And they uh, loaded me up in the truck, and we took off. We went from there. It took about 30 minutes with ice on the road to make it to the uh, Odessa Regional Hospital. And once we got there, they, they put my thumb on ice, and I told everyone I spoke to, I said, don't tell me if I get to keep it or not. I don't want to know. Just let me let me go through what i got to go through without worrying about that. Uh and they called around to a couple of different places. Uh, eventually, they found Doc Diamond here and uh, shipped me over here. Waiting at University Medical Center was Dr. Sean Diamond, one of the foremost hand specialists in the region. Dave Jacobs, our patient, he arrived at our center um, from a flight from Odessa off the oil fields. He suffered a really traumatic high energy injury after a oil drilling caster torqued into his hand and amputated his thumb, basically right at the base of the thumb where the thumb meets the rest of the hand. It's called the metacarpophalangeal joint and amputated the small finger almost completely and then injured several other fingers and bones in the hand. So a very high energy type trauma 
That's not dissimilar to what we see on almost a daily basis at UMC. There's just so many permutations, meaning if it's in the forearm, we see injuries to the tendons, nerves, artery in the forearm. If it's in the hand, we see fractures of fingers, tendon, nerve injuries, of fingers, etc. What made David's case special or unique is a particular challenge in reattaching parts that have been crushed at high energy. And there is a very low likelihood of success many times when, for example, a thumb has been taken off by a crushing type mechanism. You can imagine the difference between that and a really, really sharp sushi blade or Japanese knife that takes off a finger, takes off a fingertip. The parts and the pieces are much more freshly preserved, et cetera, easier to work with technically. So his case presented a big technical challenge. And if memory serves, he said it occurred while he had his glove on. So did that complicate uh, how it was removed from the hand and make it more of a, I guess, a mess for you to work with? It didn't. uh, When a part like a thumb is completely severed, it's really important that it's preserved appropriately. So typically we will encourage other emergency rooms or other citizens who find those things on the ground next to their loved one or their work buddy to do the right thing, which is kind of clean it off. Don't throw it away. Yeah. Wrap it up in some gauze. Put that gauze in a plastic bag. Put that plastic bag in another bag with ice. And then you send the patients here, meaning you send the patients to UMC because we're the only place that can really say if it can or cannot be reattached. Okay, so let's start there. So so David uh, David had his thumb severed. He was in the UL field, was transferred to UMC, and he meets you. At that point, walk me through that process. What happened when you assessed that and you said, "You know what? I think we can we can we can save this thumb." What did you what did you tell him? What was that what was that process? So I this is not a typical either, but I'm in the operating room when I hear he is here already. And I am working on another patient's hand who was unfortunately injured after a firework went off in it. I was working hard and then I heard about this thumb amputation and I sort of cleared off my table, called my wife and said I wasn't going to be home for dinner and went to meet David in the preoperative unit. And the first thing I basically do is say, you know, good afternoon, give me one minute, I'm just going to take a look at what's going on. And I basically then put on some special glasses and take a look at the part, meaning his thumb, and can figure out with those glasses pretty quick if it's going to be a replant or reattachment or if it's going to be a completion of the amputation. In his case, I thought we had a good shot, but these are tough, tough problems and really tough technical achievements to get right. And so I sort of meet patients and this is typical is that this is the worst day of their life and this is my normal day of my life. It's my work. And that's the doctor-patient relationship that I face almost daily because these injuries are life-changing. And I think that's probably um, common amongst many physicians at UMC who are seeing patients with sort of, again, heavy-duty problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, I meet them and I say, look, we are going to try as best as we can. I am going to work really hard. I will work all night to try and get this working. 
But if I reach a point in this operation and I cannot get this thumb back alive and back working, we're going to have to close you up and be done. Mm. So call I, it a day. Call it a day. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, as you recall from our my conversation with David, he had said, you know, he needs that thumb. I, we all need our thumb, but he really needs He's a musician, and he would love to play. And, and we all know how critical a thumb is just in holding a pick for a guitar. That's right. So there is no doubt that I am going to give all my effort and intensity to reattaching this thing for this young kid who's real smart, has a lot of good reasons to need his thumb. The thumb, as you can imagine, is off the patient. I actually, the patient is David. He's sort of going to sleep off to the side of the operating room, his arms getting cleaned up, and I'm looking at the thumb underneath a really powerful microscope. Imagine something that takes up half the OR. It rolls around. It looks more like a telescope than your science microscope from high school kind of thing. It's a big honking thing. I'm standing up. You look at it through binoculars. It has a real bright light and it's shining straight down on this little thumb. And the thumb, when it's off the body, is totally lifeless. Zero blood in or out of it. It's white. It's soft and squishy because it's not filled up with blood. It's jet, jet white. And you you sort of know how your fingers look when you sat in the jacuzzi too long. They kind of prune up. It looks like it's pruned up in the pulp. And I basically do much of the operation right there on the back table is what we call it, underneath that microscope. I'm able to look at the bones and put small wires into the bones that are going to get ready to fix it back to his body. I can look at the nerves and find the two critical nerves that control sensation to the thumb tip that will help you feel your guitar, feel your thumb. I can find the arteries. He, You typically have about three in a thumb and he only had one left. So that was my biggest concern. That I knew was going to be a tough, tough deal right from the start. It was the least dominant artery that was still present. The other two had been ripped uh, from the thumb. And it was very small and it had clots in it. But again, you're kind of up against a back wall and you say, this is this kid's thumb and I got to try really, you know, we're going to try everything. We're going to try and get it back on. So it's been about two hours in the operating room so far. And what's really neat is I described the thumb at first on the back table as white and listless and wrinkled and no blood in and out. And now the tourniquet comes down and my artery works. And the thumb kind of lights up like a little Christmas bulb. And that's kind of <laughs> my favorite part of being a microsurgeon in an operating room. You literally light it up. It's just so cool. I usually will say like, OR lights down, music up, and just like rock out for a second. Just because oh, I man. see blood flow going back into something that didn't have it. And it literally is like Frankenstein coming back to life. You see something that was dead for all intents and purposes, and it lights up and it's pink. Now I'm really working against the clock. I got to get veins back and going because it has an artery in, but it has no way to let blood flow out of it. And so it's critical that blood flow is going in and out of something. Right. If it too much in, it gets what we call congested. So it engorges. Right. 
very critical to get the veins up and going, which we did. But I turned to my nurse and said, all right, call Leech USA. Go ahead, order 100 leeches in here. And it's crazy, but that's right. When we put parts back on, the thing that usually fails are the veins. And when the veins do fail from time to time, we actually literally attach leeches to the end of the part or the thing that we reattached, and they suck the blood out. Um, So you actually did bring leeches, put them on his thumb? I sure didn't. They flew the leeches from Houston. He didn't end up needing them, and the veins were great. But um, this kid crushed. I mean, he did great. So the thumb did great. The tiny little artery that I connected did great. The tiny little veins that I connected did great. And I can tell you, it's against odds. I mean, there is a low success rate of thumb replantation in this high energy of crush mechanism when two of those three arteries were pulled out of the thumb. So I I was thrilled. We're proud to offer this in El Paso. This is stuff that doesn't happen everywhere. And so it's special that it happens at UMC. There's about seven or eight hand surgeons in El Paso at large. Um, there There are surgeons who take care of hand problems at each of the hospitals within El Paso. But as far as those who are really doing the heavy lifting of microsurgery and hardcore injuries, it's, it's going to be at UMC. Without the skills of Dr. Sean Diamond, David might have had to give up one of his greatest loves, music. When I came back to, I think it was around midnight, I can't recall what time we got into the operating room, but it had been a few hours, to say the least. Um, and I came back to and my thumb was there, so it was great news. I've been a musician for 17 years. I play as many stringed instruments as I can get my hands on. I started off on the bass and started playing the guitar. I play the mandolin now. I bought a, a serbahar, which is an Indian traditional instrument when I was overseas. Uh, I'm learning the viola, but without a thumb. I mean, you couldn't do any of that. I couldn't even write. Doc Diamond really did change my life, if you think about it. I living without a thumb it's hard for me to imagine what that was Uh, and thanks to this gentleman right here i don't have to worry about that once again doc diamond's coming here every single day to check on me it it just means the world i i owe this guy my life really our thanks go to david jacobs and hope for his quick recovery and ability to play the music he loves our special thanks go to dr sean diamond assistant professor texas tech physicians of el paso and specialist of hand and microsurgery as well as plastic surgery at university medical center of el paso this has been an episode of better health in the borderland a production of university medical center of el paso thank you for listening we'll be back soon with another episode and story about issues of health that affect our community our el paso and our borderland <laughs>